Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is August 28th and it is week one. Football is back. My name is Chris, joined as always by my co-host Pat. I am I am riding high right now. Pat, how you feeling? Oh, I mean, between week one and that special thing that just happened for us, Ooh, buddy. I am very excited. We got a special thing to talk about. It is, like I said, it is uh, the 28th, so it's Wednesday night. We're recording. This will drop sometime tomorrow. Uh, you guys can be listening to this Thursday, Friday, get you hyped for uh, for the actual game. I am currently wearing my number 14. Used to be a Christian Hackenberg, but now is a Sean Clifford jersey. Uh, and I, I can't wait, man. So a lot of good stuff to talk about uh, in this episode. If you're a new listener, I'll address that. This is season two for us. Um, if you're a new listener, uh, we'll have two episodes a week for you guys. We'll do a preview uh, midweek talking about the upcoming game. And then we'll do a recap after the game, probably sometimes Sunday or Monday. All kinds of good stuff. Um, this episode, we've got an Idaho preview. We're going to talk about some season predictions. And we actually have a great interview with uh, the president of Nittanyville. So stick around for that at the very end. Uh, Pat's going to give us some wrestling updates, a lot of stuff to talk about. So let's get right into it. Um, and Pat, I think I'm going to start with, let's start with the bad stuff, get it out of the way. Um, I don't know if you saw, it's a big story. Apparently a former team doctor is uh, suing the school and suing James Franklin for saying that Franklin pressured him to get players back on the field uh, before they were ready. Thoughts? That's nonsense. It's 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 absolute nonsense, is what it is. Um, he's and you hear from heard from all the players, everyone who's played for him, that he does the exact opposite. And even in like the lawsuit, it doesn't even say that he tried to rush anyone back. It just said that he wanted input in on it or something like that. This guy's a fucking clown. <laughs> that to me was like the craziest part. That in the lawsuit, it like couldn't name one specific example. If you're suing someone for something and you can't name one example. Probably not a super strong case. Um, this guy's a clown. Absolute clown. And like you said, there's a lot of people coming out on Franklin's behalf. Uh, there, we, I have a thread of it on our Twitter, and I've just been adding to that thread. Like, I almost want to stop, but it's kind of comical how many people have the same story. Um, so it started with Shane Simmons' mom, Jen, uh, Jason Cabinda, his mom, Natalie, um, guy named Austin. Who is awesome, by the way. Jason Cabinda's mom is the shit. Awesome. We will talk about that. Hard knocks. Great, great segment. Um, his former quarterback at Vanderbilt. Uh, we had um, Paris Palmer, former O-line, Adam Brenneman. Uh, Saquon had a quote. Um, who else? Who else? Someone else just did. Uh, oh, Trace Trace just dropped one like an hour yeah. ago about his experience. So, yeah, the whole thing is bullshit. It's ridiculous. Um, I hope we don't hear about it again. Honestly, I hope that's it. Like, there's there's nothing else to talk about. I think this story is going to die pretty quickly. Yeah. So let's You'll hear about it when the case like gets dropped or something. Yes. But other than that. Exactly. Exactly. Nothing. So let's flip to the positive and honestly, one of the coolest moments of my life. Um, I'm a big fan of Twitter. If you guys follow us on Twitter, that's like where I live. Like I don't, I'm not very big on Instagram. I'm not good at it. I like Twitter. Um, and we've had some cool interactions with players, with uh, family members of players, former players. Like it's cool when people interact with us. Um, Today was was the holy grail. So this morning, uh, you alluded to it. Uh, Jason Cabinda had some some uh, some screen time on Hard Knocks. Uh, a lot of screen time on Hard Knocks. A lot, yeah. What, what'd you, let's start there. What did you think of that? Did you did you watch any of it? Yeah, of course. I uh, I actually came in my apartment while my roommate was watching it, and I'd seen the preview from the other week. I was like, is uh, there was some guy who was like, I saw his mom was coming on. Was uh, 
Is his name Jason Cabin? Yeah, <laughs> 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 all in the episode. Nice. I was so pumped, and dude, he's got like several minutes devoted just to him. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. And I know they like to build up the storyline of like guys on the bubble and might make the team. Like he played in like ten games last year as a reserve. He had twenty I mean, tackles. I I think he's gonna make the team. I don't think it's a real yeah. like I don't think it's a real storyline, but it makes for good TV. And he's a great guy. I remember tweeting out before. Uh, the season of Hard Knocks, when we found out it was the Raiders, I was like, every year, there's one guy that everyone falls in love with. Watch out. Like the first three episodes, I was so bummed that he, he wasn't there at all. Same. Same. I was like, fuck, man. Fuck. I really thought. He's like prime candidate. Um, but we got it this episode. Him and his mom, uh, he FaceTimes his mom, brings her up to Winnipeg for their game against the Packers. Uh, and, and the clip I tweeted out, um, I ripped it from HBO. HBO, please don't sue me. So I tweeted out a clip like, hey, there's a lot of cool on-the-field moments uh, of Kabinda, but safe to say... Um, you know, uh, Mrs. Kabinda uh, stole the show. Uh, and it was just a clip of them like walking around Winnipeg and just kind of bonding. It was really cool to see like that personal element. Um, so probably about two hours ago before we were recording this, Jason actually retweeted it uh, and said, uh, made a joke about the clip, said like, LOL, my phone does have the better camera. Uh, and I thought that was awesome. He's, he's interacted with us before. He's tweeted us before. Really, really cool. Big shout out to Jason. Uh, welcome on the podcast anytime. And then... We know you're listening. He, he probably is. He's the man. Yeah. <laughs> and then, probably, I don't know, 20 minutes later or so, I'm sitting at this very desk, just kind of browsing my phone, and I see a notification pop up. And it says, Saquon Barkley retweeted your tweet. And I, I, honestly, like, I'm like, okay, you know what? Most of the time, people, like, there's a lot of people who have, like, their display names on Twitter as whatever, like, fan accounts, right? So I click into it. I open it. See that little blue check mark? I kid you not, I sat here freaking out for a good like five minutes, like double, triple checking. Is it actually him? Is it a burner? Is it one of those fake ones that like people try to catch you with? And I look at him like, so I go to Saquon's actual Twitter account. And what I thought was really, really cool is he retweeted Kabinda's like joke tweet about it. But then he also just flat out retweeted ours. So like ours. He's a man of the people. He is. Our account is on Saquon Barkley's He's timeline. People's right champ. Now. People's champ. Move, like, move over, The Rock. <laughs> Saquon Barkley is the people's champion. I like. I mean, the the true holy grail of this whole podcast would be to get an interview with Saquon. Like that's hands down. That would be uh, for me the greatest thing in the world. And just to have him just acknowledge that. Like I said, for him, it was a no. Like it was a non thought. It wasn't like, oh, these guys are probably cool. It was. I like this clip. I'm gonna retweet it. That's it. For me, that shit meant the world. So, Saquon, if you're out there, if you're listening, if you're watching, thank you, man. That was awesome. You also have an open invitation. Come on the show anytime you want. I'm going to take a breath. This <laughs> is so uh, fucking cool, I, man. Dude, I'm like sitting here in my childhood bedroom, and I feel I feel like a child after, after that retweet. I Honestly, it's exactly how I felt. So, um, I don't know where we go from here. I don't know how we go up, but it was fun. So Not sure it's possible. But. Yeah. Should we just quit? Fuck it. Like, yeah. It's been a real fun Battle ride. before us, peasants. Been a fun Saint ride. Barkley retweeted us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, so other other quick topics um, before we get into the actual Idaho preview. Um, one thing that I saw uh, on Twitter as well uh, that I thought was pretty cool is a lot of the um, position coaches are tweeting out videos of former players wishing the current team good luck. Uh, I pers- I haven't seen anything like that before. Have you? No, at least not from from the Penn State team. Maybe other teams do it, um, but it was pretty cool. I saw 
Uh, Coach Spencer tweeted out one the other day of Sharif, and he was like, I think in his car, and he was like, hey, like, yo, to my young guys, like, best of luck this year, I'll be watching you. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe like a one-off thing. And then I saw another one, and it was uh, Daquan Jones, former D-lineman now with the Tennessee Titans. Same kind of thing. Hey, good luck, guys. It's like, oh, all right, maybe this is like a little something. Today, there's one from uh, Saquon and Grant Haley in the Giants locker room. There's one from uh, Kyle Carter, tight end with the Buffalo Bills. There's one from Trace McSorley with the Ravens. Like, all these guys just kind of taking, and they're like 10-second clips. But I thought it was really cool that, like, they're they're taking the time to do that. Coaches are tweeting them out. And then, of course, Franklin tweets every single one of them with a, a hashtag we are. I mean, you're, you're kidding yourself if you don't think James Franklin realizes how good this is for recruiting. Oh, yeah. Big time. Get the, the visibility of how many Penn State guys are in the NFL, like, next level making money playing football and that they still have a strong connection to the university he knows it's it's an incredible tactic yeah yep really is and and it's cool and i think i think that's a really good point you make because for penn state i think i think it's maybe i don't have to say this without sounding like it's going to sound worse than i mean it but it's not as well known like the nfl success that we've had like you look at alabama it's a given yeah Right, you look at LSU; it's a given. Ohio State; it's a given. So I think this is really cool to show that. Um, and, and like you said, it's a hundred percent for recruiting. Like I, I mean, I'm sure the team likes it, but no one on the current team is like, "Oh wow, Saquon made a video for us." Oh wow, Trace made a video. No, those motherfuckers are texting each other. Like you know, this is a hundred percent for the press, and I, I personally love it. I think it's pretty cool. All right, so let's jump in to our Idaho preview. Um, so this is how we're going to do it. Like I said, for anyone who is a new listener and honestly, anyone at all, because we weren't very consistent with these last year. So we're going to try to do these every week. Um, we are going to do a preview of the team that we're playing. We'll take a look at sort of anything on the depth chart, any injuries, any sort of any issues that, um, that we, we see. We'll take uh, uh, a couple looks at the key to victory, what we think is going to be re- the real key to winning that game. Uh, we're going to have a segment called Don't Be Surprised If, something, a bold prediction, something that we're going to shout out, uh, and then we'll make an official prediction. Okay. So let's start with Idaho. This is our first opponent of the year and our first FCS opponent since 2011. Thoughts? I don't like that we're opening up with an FCS opponent, I think especially in this day and age where the Big Ten seems to get snubbed from the college football playoff. It, it does, it's not enough to just win the Big Ten and make it in. You know, not, we're a long shot to make the playoff to begin with, but yeah. don't make this any harder on yourselves. Like, there, there's a decent chance that Penn State could win. Like, it, Penn State could win the Big Ten with one or two losses. Yeah. That's not impossible. Yeah. But if they do that, they won't make the playoff. Sure, sure. So I think I think it's a I think it's interesting um, with Idaho because they were actually an FBS team. They just dropped down to the FCS last year, from what I'm reading, which I didn't even know was possible. And they didn't even do that well, right? Didn't they go like four and seven? Four and seven in the FCS. Like, yeah. Which also is crazy. That's only eleven games. So they only play eleven games in the FCS. I guess they don't have a bowl game. Yeah, but still, I mean, our regular season is twelve. Right? Who cares? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Here nor there. I'm not paying attention to these people. Here nor there. Um, but yeah, they are they are in the FCS. My guess is when we scheduled this, they were an FBS team, and then they dropped down. Probably. Either way, they are not a good team. They are not good in the FCS. This should be 
an absolute blowout. Um, We look at last year, App State was scary. It was very, very scary. But I think the difference is App State was, albeit a Division II team, they were FBS Division II, and they were really good in their conference. Like, Yeah, I mean, they were a borderline ranked team at one point last season. Yeah, and we still should have crushed them. Like, I'm not making excuses. We should have beat them, but... They weren't bums, though. Yes, exactly. They weren't bums in Idaho. Like, respect to the people in Idaho, but your team is a bunch of bums. Yeah, like, <laughs> you you went to high school with kids that could play on this team. Yes, you know very I mean? likely. Very likely. Um, me, personally, probably not. I'll hand up. Um, I was, a, was an incredible wide receiver. I had, like, three catches to my high school career. So, That's look so out. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, it should be an absolute blowout. Uh, I, I think this will be – I think this will be a fun – a, a true warm-up game, like a fun warm-up game where we have a lot of things that we're going to be working out, a lot of young pieces, a, a lot of kind of new uh, new starters, and, and I, I'm kind of excited for it. So let's go with uh, – let's start with the key. Had to Sean Clifford's stats for the Heisman race is what, Hell what this game's yes. all about. Hell yeah, Sean Clifford for Heisman. Love it. Uh, so let's start with the key to victory. So obviously we know this is going to be a win regardless, so maybe the key to like a good victory, a blowout, what's your key? I was gonna say, key to victory is I don't, like, don't put – Ipecac and the, the water coolers. <laughs> like, <laughs> Don't put Ipecac. Yeah, that thing that makes you throw up. Yeah, no, I know what it is. I just couldn't believe you actually said it. Okay. Like I think that's the key to victory. This right, week. Ladies and gentlemen, listen. If you want, if you want real takes, if you want real football takes, there are a lot of Penn State podcasts out there. Um, I will say, actually, let me let me interject there too. Uh, I probably should have said this at the top. There are a lot of new Penn State podcasts this season. I don't want to say we were first because we weren't. There, there were some others. But, but listen, we all are the OGs of this game. Uh, so yeah, there are a bunch of good ones out there. Twenty four seven. The Athletic has one. The Penn State team actually has one now. Uh, Mitch Gerber, their like communications guy, does one, and he has all of the access to all the players and coaches. Whatever. So I'm not jealous. Whatever. <laughs> um, but if you want fun takes, if you want to shoot the shit about the team like you do with your friends, that happens here. We're your guys. It happens here. No uh, names all game. I will give you a little bit more of an actual key to victory uh, or a key to a blowout. Um, what I'm looking for is, is the shutout, like absolute defensive dominance. Um, I looked up the last time we played an FCS opponent uh, was 2011 Indiana State. The team won 41-7. to um, I want to see a shutout. I don't want to see any points. I mean, 100%. Right, listen, if you get a field goal, whatever, I'll be fine. I w- let me rephrase. I want zero touchdowns. Um, this defense is going to be a strength for us. We have a ton of key pieces. Um, I, I want to see absolute domination, and, and I think it'll happen. Um, you know what I really want to see out of this game? What's that? I, I don't want our quarterback to be sacked one time. Ooh. Zero, zero sacks. I love that. Yeah, okay, see, now no, forget the Ipecac. Now we're getting you back into the Boom. real game. Uh, that's, yeah. what, that's honestly what I want to see. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good point. You know, you, you've been very open with your – uh, gripes about the offensive line, and you know, what, let's uh, let's actually take a look at the depth chart because I did I did skip that piece. Uh, so the official depth chart came out a couple days ago. Um, offensive line. Let's start there. So Rashid Walker is your starting left tackle. Um, the guards, like we thought, are going to be in, in a kind of a three-man rotation with Thorpe, Miranda, Gonzalez. Uh, Michael Mennett is your center, and then Will Fries is your right tackle. Uh, one thing to note: Des Holmes is the backup for both tackles. So while there's there's not an or designation in the depth chart, so if you're not familiar with that, when Franklin knows there's going to be a lot of rotation or the guys are even, he puts kind of as co-starters. It says like Mike Miranda or C.J. Thorpe. 
Um, for the tackles, both uh, Rasheed Walker and Will Fries are listed as outright starters, and Des Holmes listed as the backup for both. So I think I think we had that pretty nailed down when we were doing some of our predictions. But um, what do you think, Pat? As as far as that offensive line makeup, what are you what are you expecting? What are you hoping? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly hopeful. Um, it's a pretty young group, right? You know, a lot of a lot of sophomores on there, juniors. Um, I think I think getting some new blood in there might might be good. Uh, but I, I honestly I don't know a lot about these guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, I think I think for me, Menet being uh, kind of having his second year as center, um, being able to kind of call the shots. He is as, he is a captain this year. Um, we can talk about the captains in a little bit too. Um, I think that's going to be big. I really do. I think Gonzalez uh, being an older, more veteran guy and, and having that rotation with both Miranda and Thorpe is is really important. Um, you know, it gives you it gives you the veteran veteran presence, but also the push of the young guys. Um, I, I'm excited about Rashid Walker. Yeah, a little competition's got to be good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll tell you what I actually did really like that I saw the offensive line over the off season was that they were bringing in a lot of NFL O-line coaches to work with them. So I think that was, you know, that, that's got to be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Franklin mentioned that they've had a lot of uh, a lot of NFL coaches and former personnel and whatnot around the program this summer, so that's really cool. A um, couple other quick things to note on the depth chart. Uh, reminder, Cam Brown is out for the first half of this game for his targeting call in uh, the end of the Citrus Bowl. Which was a horrible call. It wasn't very good, but it is what it is. He's got a service suspension. He'll be back the second half. So that allows Jesse Lucada uh, to get a starting spot at linebacker alongside Mike Parsons and Jan Johnson. So that's pretty cool. Um, Don Johnson, cornerback, is not listed on the depth chart uh, when he's going to be a clear probably fourth corner, uh, third or fourth corner. Um, yeah, third probably, sorry. Um, found out today in the post, uh, post-practice interview from Franklin that he has suspended for the game for a violation of team rules. So we're not going to find out what that is. Franklin never says it, but I'm... I like that he keeps it tight to the chest. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of his thing with, with suspensions, with injuries, with anything. Kale I, does that too. Kale's yeah. the same way. Doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. And then, like, why, why should they? Like, they have nothing to no. if. I have nothing to say. Um, I'm actually kind of happy it's a suspension because when I saw him not on the depth chart, I was like, oh, shit, if this is an injury, that's a bigger deal. Because like I said, he's going to be – because you got our, our starters are John Reed and Tariq Castro-Fields. Uh, Don Johnson is that third corner. So, um, yeah, it sucks that he's suspended, but glad it's not an injury. Yeah, you know, these things happen. Yep. They're in college. They go out, have a couple of brewskis, bang a few chicks. You know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you get suspended. That's it, man. Just be safe. All we ask is yeah. be safe. A um, couple other things to note. Uh, running back, all four are listed as ors. So it's Ricky at the top, or Journey, or Noah, or Devin. Um, and they've been super open. They want to play all four of them. I kind of expected Ricky to be listed as the outright starter and then the other three with the or, but I'm not going to get too worked up over it. Yeah, I, I think it's still going to be like Ricky Slade one and then and the committee. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and then the last uh, last thing to call out is KJ. Uh, he is all over this depth chart. KJ Hamler is listed as your starting slot wide receiver. He's the first backup to the outside wide receiver behind Jahan Dotson, which is interesting. They're going to use him in both of those spots. Uh, he's the starting kick returner and the starting punt returner. Your thoughts? Um, it's one of those things that does make me like a little nervous that he's returning punts and kicks just because 
Like that is an injury prone position. A lot of things can happen. There's there's other fast guys on this team. Yeah, you know? yeah, but it's... but it's also going to be very electric having him back there. He's such a playmaker that it's hard to pass up on a guy like that starting out every drive with the ball essentially. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think my what I what I think may happen is I think personally I think I think you'll see him at kick returner all year. Like I don't think that changes a whole lot. Um, maybe some rotation in games, but I don't, I don't think he ever loses like that starting spot. I could see them giving somebody else punt uh, punt returns just yeah. because I think I think he's I think he's more electric on a kick return. Like I think the gap between him and the next kick returner is maybe a little bit bigger than the gap between him and the next punt return, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm surprised. Is Journey Brown anywhere on the kick punt return depth chart? Um, probably. He, he's got some, got some wheels on, on him. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't have it pulled up. Let me... Uh, That's <laughs> all right. Yeah, we'll look at... Um, and then yeah, the I other think, one I liked was uh, Brandon Smith was a second outside linebacker, right? Uh, yes. Uh, and again, that may be uh, a little bit inflated from uh, the Cam Brown suspension. Um, yeah. Because if, if you, yeah, if you have Cam Brown there, um, and I actually, Brandon, Brandon Smith is the third, uh, but third, it's, okay. it's Jesse, and then Micah is actually listed as the second behind him, despite starting at the other one. So they do that yeah. a lot. They'll take a starter and put him as a backup. I'd, I'd, like to to see, uh, I'd like to see some action out of Brandon Smith this season. Yeah, so that's actually a great uh, a great. And then my, my man, Jaquan Brisker, was the fourth safety, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, actually, We're going to be seeing him on the field. Oh, we're going to be seeing a lot of him. So let's let's wrap up this depth chart talk because we're fucking rambling, and I apologize, people. But here's the last two things I'll say. So uh, things I'm super super excited about from the depth chart: uh, starting opposite Yitor Grossmatos on the end, Shaka Tony, my guy. Yes. I'm very excited about that. Got some uh, speed on the outside. Hell yeah, and he's big now. He's gonna be he's gonna be a presence. Um, starting opposite Garrett Taylor at safety is Lamont Wade. Uh, I don't want to say I don't want to say I was right, you were wrong, but I was right, you were wrong. Redemption uh, story. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so happy for this kid. I know you like Jaquan Brisker, and we're going to see a lot of him too. But for Wade to get the starting spot, to be in that sort of in that position, to really take control, be a leader, be a part of this defense, um, I could not be happier for the kid. Absolutely, love to see it. So the last thing on the depth chart is the green lights. So Franklin has a system. Uh, if you, for all of your freshmen, uh, green light means you're absolutely going to play. You're going to burn your red shirt. Uh, yellow. Oh, actually, I one more thing I was really excited about was seeing yep. Justin Shorter as the first first guy listed on the depth chart. Yes, yes, absolutely. How did I, I want get that? Dying to see some action out of this kid. Yeah, I mean this this offense. Like, if I mean, there's so many hypotheticals, of course, but like if healthy and if living up to even close to the potential, it's just so exciting, man. Like you look at that that skill set. It's shorter, Fryermuth, Hamler, Dotson, Slade, Clifford. That's kind of exciting, man. I like it. That's kind of exciting. Um, so we look at the freshmen. Like I said, uh, green light, yellow light, red light. Green means you're absolutely playing. You're going to burn your red shirt. Yellow means maybe. We'll see what happens. Red means, yeah, you're probably not going to burn that. Um, and remember, there's that new rule. You can play four games and still keep your red shirt. So these guys will kind of move week to week. But as of now, your four, or I'm sorry, your green light guys, there's seven true freshmen and then three transfers. Green light, Keaton Ellis, D-back. Uh, he's actually listed as the second corner behind John Reed, which is awesome. True freshman has been making a ton of splashes in camp. Uh, defensive end, Adisa Isaac. Linebackers, Lance Dixon and Brandon Smith. Offensive lineman, Caden Wallace. 
To be a green okay. light as a true freshman O lineman, like that's that. crazy. I mean, the dude is massive. He's huge. He's a mauler. I'm very excited for him, but that's crazy. Uh, and then the running backs, Noah Kane and Devin Ford. Those are your true freshmen starting green lights. And then your transfers are Jaquan Brisker, Jordan Stout, the kickoff kicker, and wide receiver Weston Carr. So you're going to see a lot of new faces, a lot of guys getting playing time. Um, we we kind of skipped the don't be surprised if because it's Idaho, whatever. But I think, I think for me, don't be surprised if you see a lot of these young guys, especially when you have those four games to play with. Third, fourth quarter, you're going to be seeing some guys, especially if we have the lead that I hope we'll have. Um, yeah, you're going to be seeing a lot of guys in there just getting reps, seeing what it's like at this pace of play. And I'm going with don't be surprised if Penn State covers the spread but doesn't make the over. Oh, Pat, you are incredible at segues. That's my next topic. Um, yes. Okay, so Pat says don't be surprised if they cover the spread but don't hit the over. So listeners, you're probably thinking, well, what is the spread? What is the over? I'm here for you. Uh, the line, it's 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 funny because like there's some books that don't even have this on the board. I don't know why. Um, but what I can find is that Penn State is a 39 and a half point favorite. Yep. So you're you're taking that cover, 39 yes. and a half. Okay. We win by 40. Okay, I love it. Under but over we're, is 50. we're the only team that scores. Under over is 58 and a half. Um yeah, so this is this is another thing we're gonna do this year as well. Uh, we are actually going to um, pick our bets. Uh, so I have something else coming down the line. We talked about it in our last episode of how we're going to actually do some gambling with you guys. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't got that done yet. So we'll get there, but not this week. Um, but for each game, I want to actually make some make some picks at least, and uh, we'll keep track of it. So uh, your pick is Penn State minus 39.5. You're taking that. Yes, I know you like to hammer the over, but I'm going the under here. So I say we're the only team. I say that Idaho doesn't score. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I love it. Uh, I love those picks. I think they're very rational. I think they're very smart. And like, I, sh- I have such a hard time taking an under. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I could do it. Um, I probably won't actually bet on this game, like real money, to be honest, cause, cause like, I don't love these lines. Um, I don't want to pick the exact same things as you, but you, I mean, you have the right picks. So just for fun, I'm going to take Penn state covering, I'm going to take the over. All right. Uh, all right. Let's do let's do some official score predictions. So for me to cover the 40 points to go over 58 and a half, uh, it's going to be 66 to 3. That's my to that's three. my prediction. 66 right. to 3. Hold What's your on, official dude. prediction? Um, let's see. I'm going 49 nothing. Ooh, okay. Okay. I like it. Like I said, this really truly should be a blowout. Like this is this is a cupcake warm-up. Like, we always complain about the Alabamas and the Clemsons of the world getting those no-name teams. Like, this is the no-name team. If you want to be seriously considered for the Big Ten Championship, if you want to be seriously considered as a playoff contender, like, you got to murder these teams. Like, there should be no let-up. I don't want to hear anything about running up the score. I don't want to hear anything about holding back. Like, put your foot on the pedal and don't let up. Like, that's it. 49 nothing. All right, so official official picks, and I'll uh, I'll put this in either the video or the graphic. I don't know what we're gonna do. We'll see what happens. Official picks: Pat forty nine nothing, Chris sixty six to three, and that's uh, Idaho. I almost said Iowa. Same shit. Um, all right, so that was be, a little better. Yeah, a little bit, slightly better. Um, so that'll be your weekly preview. Uh, every week we'll do this, uh, talking about the opponents, and obviously as we get into the more thick of our schedule, there will be more to talk about. So. 
This one's a little bit quick, so we're actually going to jump into our season-long predictions. Uh, we did this last year. We did bold predictions. I'm actually going to try something right now. I'm going to try to see if I can play our bold predictions from last year. This might work. This might not, so I might be cutting it out. Okay. Um, okay. Pat, do you remember what your bold prediction was from last year? If you do, don't say it, but I'm just curious. Nope. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. This is perfect. This is great. So uh, we're gonna... I, I, I have a pretty good guess, though. Okay. All right. Let's see. Um, all right. So let me know if you can hear this. One does the same junk, so we will succumb to it right now. Can you hear this? Yeah. All right. I, I have two. How many do you have? One or two? One. You got one. This so is about a year ago when we're doing our app state preview. The season. Um, and I'll kick it off, and then you can do yours, and I'll come back. So I'm going to start with the offense. My bold prediction for the offense, I, I foreshadowed it earlier if you were paying attention. Uh, I'm going to say we are going to have three, at least three, all Big Ten offensive linemen. So. Okay, that was my bold prediction. Guess what, motherfuckers? It came true. We had three. Oh, wow. I mean. And, and and we did say they were across all three teams. No honorable mentions, but all three teams. All um, right. And we did. We had, uh, I think it was Bates, McGovern, and Gonzalez, or Bates, McGovern, and Mennett, maybe. Um, so, yeah, that's one that came true. Uh, so let's <laughs> flip to yours. They think he's Pretty sure mine's going to be wrong. So it's... my bold, I don't know how bold the prediction is, <laughs> but is that by, oh, by the time Ohio State game rolls around, either Koa Farmer or Micah Parsons is our starting Mike linebacker. Oh, yes. Hey, I, I like that. So you're yeah. saying Dan Johnson, who has six games to his credit and is a starting <laughs> wrestler. <laughs> he, has, he has eight uh, Penn State oh, wrestling. Eat so your words. Oh, God. I want to say not going to cut it. Jan uh, Johnson uh, made dude, you look way silly. Way off. Uh, all right, this is my last one. So I'll, I'll edit this. This is obviously a lot of dead air, but this is my last one and the one I'm actually most proud of. Last one is on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, this is what we talked to. We talked about the defensive line earlier, and, and like I said, I think I'm a little bit higher on the defensive line than you are. I'm, I'm excited. I think we've got some really good pass rush this year um, that will be tested against some of the Big Ten teams, but this is my bold prediction and definitely a little hot take. Like I, I could have gone easily and said Sharif Miller will lead the team in sacks because he led last year at five and a half. But I'm going to say, Yitor Gross Matos. Don't tell me. Oh, come on. I called. Nobody come knew on. about Yitor Gross Matos going into last year. Nobody knew about him. He had a sack and a half the year before, played in rotation. Nobody knew. And what happened? Now he's a potential first-round pick. So your boy. game knew about him. Your boy. <laughs> so those are our picks from last year. I picked offensive linemen on all Big Ten. I picked Yitor Gross Matos. And you shat on Jan Johnson. <laughs> so. All over so um, let's uh so let's talk so about let's talk about bold predictions for this year uh i have two again you have any you have one you have seven okay i'll come up with one all right such preparation Pat. <laughs> i love it i will give you this you've, you've been traveling like i said pat is in yeah, his childhood yeah. bedroom back home in new jersey i uh, love the yankees poster in the back Shout oh out. yeah baby so i have two um we talked a little bit before about kj on kick return punt return my bold prediction for this season is we are going to have five or more return touchdowns. Let Ooh. me say it again. Bold prediction. We are going to have five or more return touchdowns, punt or kick. Instant reaction. Okay. I like that, actually. I think that's uh, it's high, but it's reasonable. So I'll, t- I'll tell and you why. It's, I'll tell you why. Ba- it's based on bold. your history of bold predictions. I mean, I, uh, pretty, looks pretty, pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. 
Uh, I'll tell you why it's bold. So I actually, I know, I know we went through like a drought of punt and kick return for touchdowns, but I actually, so I did the math and I wanted to look it up. Um, last year we had one, DeAndre Tompkins. Uh, the year before that we had three. Uh, Saquon had two returns. Do you remember the the Indiana game uh, where we were wearing those throwbacks, and then also the Ohio State game that he opened it up with, and DeAndre Tompkins also had one. Before that, so that's 2018, 2017. We have four total in those two years. Before that, you know how far you have to go back to get another one? I got nothing. 2011. 11, okay. When the legendary kick returner Chaz Powell took one to the house. Uh, so my, my bold prediction is uh, we've had five over the last nine seasons, eight seasons. Um, we're going to have five or more this season. And I think I think it for a couple of reasons. I think one... Joe Lorig, the new special teams coordinator, uh, I've heard nothing but good things about this dude, and what I loved is in Franklin's press conference this week, he talked about how he just is a special teams coordinator. So there's a lot of guys who, who fill that role, either want to be defensive coordinators, want to be head coaches, but like Joe Lorig, lives it, breathes it, eats it, sleeps it. Um, I think he's West gonna... off. <laughs> I think he's I think he's gonna do a lot of good things for the special teams in general. I think Pinnegar's gonna have a good year. I think Jordan Stout, the kickoff kicker, is gonna have a good year. But I think I think with him in the fold and like you mentioned before, with just the amount of speed we have, like the I mean you look at the depth chart, it is. It's KJ, it's Journey, it's Ricky, uh John Reed is on there as a punt returner. He used to do that. So I think I think there's so many options that you'll see enough rotation that I think I think KJ gets at least one. I mean, he flashed last year. I think he gets at least one. I think you see some other guys get in there. So I'm saying five or more kick slash punt returns for touchdowns. Okay, I got I got one for you. Let's do Starting it. Starting on the defensive side of the ball. Hell yeah. Penn State ends the season as both the top scoring defense and most sacks in the Big Ten. Ooh, that is bold. That is bold. points allowed and most sacks. Yeah, there are some good defenses in the Big Ten. Um, okay, I love that. And who who anchors the sacks for you? If you had to pick, who's leading the league? Who's leading the team in sacks? We won't um, hold you to this one. We will okay. hold you to your actual. But I'm going to say Yeecher gets all the attention this season. So Shaka Tony, my sack leader. I love that. I do. I think, like I said, I, yeah. I'm much I'm like sorry. the Sharif Yeecher. Yep. Last year, where yep. Sharif gets all the attention, Yeecher steps up. I think the same thing happens this season. Yeah, I'm excited. I think Shaka is going to have a really, really big impact. Uh, excited to hear about Jason Owe. He's the guy that you've yeah. heard about all year. He won a freaking Herb Street Award the other day. Herbie does his like his uh, Herbie. Yeah, most likely to break out, right? Yeah. So I, I mentioned this before, but typically when Franklin like hypes a guy up throughout camp, um, typically it actually comes comes to fruition. We've seen it in the past. So um, excited for Jason Owe too. I think that's a good prediction, though. I, I think this defense has. The talent, I think it's one of the best defenses we've seen in the Franklin era, if not the best. Um, and yeah, I actually agree with that. I agree with that assessment. Part of the reason I'm saying this is because we play Michigan at home. Like mm. the one team that like racks up huge points against us, we play in Beaver Stadium. Yeah, for the whiteout. Um, which let's actually touch on that for a second. Have you heard these rumors that it's going to be a fucking noon kick? Oh, get out of here with that. Yeah, so I actually, I, I was reading about it because uh, I guess Fox has the rights to it or something. Um, and I, I didn't know exactly why, but uh, Cameron from Nittanyville, who you guys will hear in just a minute, actually told me it's because, uh, I guess, the American League uh, Championship Series. The, um, uh, 
uh, baseball is is on that same day or something. So if that if that conflicts, there might be an issue. But I don't if like white, it. If we have whiteout at noon, that's miserable. I don't like it. That takes all of the all of the allure away from it. I'm getting mad, Chris. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Good bold prediction, though. So I have one more. I have one more bold prediction. This one is this one is like. I'll say it like I said last year. Like this is a little bit hot takey. Like I don't know if I fully believe this, but I want it to come true. Whereas the other one, I fully believe. Um, this bold prediction is that we are going to have at least one consensus All American. Okay. So I I will be a hundred percent honest. I don't know exactly what goes into consensus All American, but I know there's at least like three or four different services that. Uh, choose all Americans. There's like the AP. There's the Sports Writers of America. There's there's all kinds of different ones. Um, but I looked it up in Penn State's history, storied history. How many consensus All Americans do you think we have? Seven. Nah, it's a little more than that, but still forty-two. Okay, it's a lot more than that. Yeah, but but still, in the grand scheme of things, how many years we've been playing the game? Only forty-two players have been consensus All Americans. Yeah, that's true. So you look back at it. Uh, last one was Saquon in twenty seventeen, obviously. Uh, before that was Carl Nassib in 2015. Remember he had that crazy run okay. that like led the country in tackles for loss. Um, before that, you got to go back to 2011 for Devin Still, 2008 for Aaron Maben, 07 Dan Connor, Pazluzny in 05 and 06, Tom Bahali in 05, Larry Johnson 02, and then you kind of get into those glory years. But, I mean, you look at like the 2010s, if you will. I hate that name, by the way. Yeah. You look at this okay. decade – in this decade, it's been Devin Still, Carl Nassib, Saquon Barkley. I got a feeling we're going to get one this year. I, yeah. and I mean, you look last year, we had a couple guys make the freshman All-America team in uh, Friar, Muth, Parsons, and Hamler, because Hamler's a redshirt freshman. Um, I think one of those guys, uh, possibly Yitor, like I, I think there's, I think out of the pool that we have, one of these guys is just going to have a magnificent year and, and land on that consensus All-American list. Um, which is incredible just for recognition, but also you get a plaque in the Penn State uh, football building. So pretty damn cool. And my, my, uh, I'm channeling you in my, my second bold prediction. Let's do it. I say we have three pass catchers who end the season as All-American. Oh. It's going to be KJ, Justin Shorter, and Pat Fryermuth. Okay. I love that. So as any, any type of All-American, not consensus. Yeah, any type of All-American. I like that. That's, that's a great bold prediction. Yeah, because there, there's plenty of guys that have gotten All-America honors, but consensus is just super hard. Three. That, that's it. Okay. Three. Guys. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, we get bold on this show, yes. right? Uh, okay. So let's finish it off with maybe the boldest of predictions, official record prediction. You and I have talked about this many times on many episodes. Um, I think we kind of hover around the same area. Um what what is your official prediction for the 2019 Penn State Nittany Lions? Ten and two. Send Fuck you, man. Fuck you. That's that's exactly what I was gonna say. Uh, all right, ten and two. Pat says it, um, and I, I agree. So this is bad radio because we have the same answer. But uh, yeah, so you know I, we don't collaborate before the episode. Yeah, honestly, we we don't do a good job of that. We probably should. Like, no, discuss no, I like it better this way. Yeah, just free flowing. It's raw. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. So 10 and two, I, I, yeah, I went back and forth a couple times, like nine and three might be a little bit more realistic, but like, 
I don't know, man. I'm just, I, I got a feeling. Like I said, this team reminds me a lot of that 2016 team where everyone's kind of doubting. Everyone's saying, well, it's not this year. It's going to be next year. If you remember in 2016, they said that. They're like, well, it'll be next year. They got the pieces, but it'll be next year. And then we went on that magical run, won the Big Ten, and unfortunately lost in the Rose Bowl, but had a really, really incredible year. And we've got Michigan at home this year, where we historically own them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the surprise win that, like, we're underdogs, we'll be underdogs probably the week of. Um, I think that's the one that people take as, like, we'll sneak that win. Uh, At Ohio State is tough, right? They have have Ryan Day and Justin Fields as, as new pieces, of course, but... That's just, it's been a tough game for us the last, you know, three years, however many it's been. Um, yep. We've got Iowa. We've got Michigan State. Uh, a lot of people are, are talking Minnesota as a potential, like, loss. I don't I don't get that one a whole lot. Yeah, I don't um, see it. But, yeah, I think, for me, 10-2 and two is ten and two is where we're at. We win the Big Ten East. We win the Big Ten. Maybe we get to playoff. Who knows? Um, but that's that's where I'm at. Um we, we talked on our last episode yes. about about actual betting. Um, I was going to try to do it right now live on the show, but my fucking account's not working. Um, oh, hey now, we're in, we're in. Okay, Pat, this is this is happening right now. We're going to take our, we're going to take Lay our, 50, we're going to take our 50 bucks that we've uh, made off of our ad. So thank you all for listening. Uh, just to show you the glamorous life of a podcaster. That's how hey, much we've made in a year. Um We'll get there one day. We'll get there. Um, so being that we are in the state of California, where things are not quite legal yet, um, IRS, if you're listening, please turn off for the next, I don't know, four minutes. Um, That's legally binding. You have to listen. To yeah, that. yeah. They have to listen, right? I said it. So, And I said please, too. I'm nice about it. Uh, so for us, we're going to use Bovada, which is an offshore book. Um, and again, we, we talked about this on our gambling episode with uh, Nick Day. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Um, Odds are very different at different books. Like you're going to find all kinds of different things. So for Bovada, they have to win the Big Ten, Penn State is 15 to 1 behind Ohio State, Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Minnesota. What? Lay it down. So we got Big Ten, 15 to 1. Big Ten East is only 6 to 1. I know we talked about kind of doubling down, but that almost is kind of like a hedge to me. Like, if we win yeah. the Big Ten East, we're going to win the Big Ten. I'd rather put it on the 15 to 1. Exactly. Right? Lay it all down. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're seeing this live in action. And I'm actually going to have fun because I was going to that anyway. Show it to the screen. Can, can we see it? 2019-2020 uh, Big Ten Championship odds to win. I like it. $100 to win. Fifteen hundred dollars if we win. Fifteen hundred. I will right. take a screenshot. You guys will see this. Bet is placed. Oh. We're in. We're in. Let's have some fun with that. Uh, I did look up your your bet that you wanted to do of just to get in the playoff. Look how absurd this is. And Nick told us that there are sometimes like, like forty to one, right? Ten to one. That doesn't make any sense. Makes zero sense. Fifteen to one to win the Big Ten. Ten to one to get in the playoff. Get out of here. I'm We're taking the it. odds. We're taking the juice. We're gonna win some money. Yes. Lay it all down. So, ladies and gentlemen, again, uh, like I said, this is season two for us. Pat, I haven't forgot. We're going to get into your wrestling. Don't worry. Um, this is season two for us. We are so, so excited for everyone that's been listening. Uh, our Twitter following has been growing. We'll be getting more and more listens every every episode. Uh, and, and like I said, we're going to be consistent with it this year. You guys will get two episodes a week, uh, hopefully some good video content, some fun stuff with the gambling. We're going to do a whole lot. So thanks for tuning in. Really, really appreciate it. And Pat, 
you got some good wrestling stuff. I, I've been seeing some tweets. You you told me that there was big news. It's big let's news. fill in. Let's fill in the people on what's going on in the wrestling world. All right. So I talked about a couple episodes ago the uh, Zayn versus Yanni at Final X. How Zayn won the first match, and then the second match there was this crazy controversy where Yanni ended the match up on points. Penn State throws in a challenge brick. Um, kind of unclear on exactly what they challenged. But the refs go back, the officials go back and overturn a call from like almost a whole minute prior. And so then the match just ends with Zayn as the winner and on the world team, which, you know, obviously I'm happy he's on the world team, but it was a big very, very controversial. Yeah. Um, so it went to an independent arbitrator, Yanni's camp, basically the wrestling equivalent of sued. And the independent arbitrator threw out that second match. Uh, Completely, saying, yes. Saying that it was an improper challenge, um, that it it was everything was just done incorrectly. The rules state that a challenge has to be in within like fifteen seconds or something. So they're going to re wrestle at least one match on September second. Wow, which is Labor Day, right? Labor Day or the day yeah. after Labor Day? Yeah, I think it's Monday. Yeah. Um. So basically, if Zayn wins the first match, it's all over. He goes. He's, on, he's the star of the world team. If Yanni wins the first match, they wrestle a third match, and that decides who will be on the U.S. national team. Jeez. I mean, this is, this is like kind of unheard of. I'm trying to think of like other it, kinds of sports. It's absolutely you, unheard of. I'm just trying to think of like in any other sport where they've like replayed something. It's like the, I mean, George, sure. the George Brett game almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm sure there are examples. I can't think of any. But that's, that's insane. Okay, so what's your... What's your prediction? All the pomp and circumstance, all the hype. Zayn is still an incredible wrestler. What are you thinking for this? I can't pick against Zayn. I can't do it. Yeah, man, nor you should. What fun is that? No, I'm, I'm going Zayn. Zayn train. Yes, the Zayn train brings the pain, and he takes it in the first match. Love it. Love it. Absolutely yes. love it. Um, I think if, the- if it goes to the second match, he's in trouble, though. Like If Yanni beats him in the yeah. first match, Zayn's in a lot of trouble. Okay. It, it tends to be they've wrestled each other a few times, and when Yanni wins, he wins big, or not not even like big, yeah, yeah, yeah. But convincingly, like convincing, yeah. yeah, okay, okay. So what's what's so obviously this is like world stuff. What's the actual like Penn State wrestling season? Does it coincide with football season? No, it starts afterwards. Okay, okay, yeah. got it. So I don't know um, when the official start is, but yeah. it'll either be like towards the end of football season or after it's over. Got it. Got it. Well, if any of you guys are interested in wrestling, check out Pat uh, on Twitter. He's all all about Penn State wrestling. Uh, I am a fan in awe. I, I, I won't say I'm like all about it yet, but I really enjoy it. I, I like hearing about it. So, uh, yeah, we're back in the swing of things for football. You guys are going to get a ton of content, like I said earlier. And, shit, man, I'm excited. We are two days away from kickoff. Like, I may sleep in this Sean Clifford jersey the night before. Like, I don't know if that's weird, but it might happen. Um, do it. and that's it I think that's it for this episode I'm rambling Pat you got anything else for the fans um, no just thanks for listening guys can't, uh, can't tell you how much I appreciate all the support we've had over the past year from the listeners from the players who interact with us on social media and our listeners who like actually get in touch with us on social media it's crazy to me I love it absolutely thank you guys so much go state beat Idaho we are Okay, we now welcome on a very special guest live from Nittanyville. It is the president of Nittanyville, Cameron Panace. Cameron, how you doing, man? Good. How about yourself? 
Doing great. So you are actually at Nittanyville right now. Tonight's the first night. Is that correct? Yes, sir. It's beautiful out. A little wind coming from the mountains. And it's good to be back. That's awesome, man. So what's what's the vibe like? Students are coming in, getting their tents set up. What's what's the energy there? Like people are uh, probably pretty pumped for the first game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we should have like around 200 campers this week, which is really good considering the circumstances of students just getting back on campus on uh, Monday was the first day of classes, which is the first time that's ever happened for us. But the kids are really excited to get back into Beaver Stadium this weekend, and we can't wait to be out there and supporting the team and Coach Franklin. Yeah, that's that's incredible, man. And and I uh, so so to give a little background, I graduated in 2012, and I actually never did Nittanyville. One of my uh, one of my few regrets from my time at at Penn State. Um, <laughs> so I'd love to hear a little bit about the process. Like you said, you know, typically. It doesn't happen where kids are just coming back on Monday. So is it typically a full week long? Is this week kind of augmented because of that? Or how does it typically go? No. So normally we start our set tents up on Wednesday night, with the exception of the whiteout game. Uh, with the whiteout game, we will, we will set tents up on Monday and go through Friday or go to Saturday morning, depending on if college game day is in town. If college game day is in town, we'll, we, we'll have tents up from – Monday to Friday at midnight, and then we'll let the kids go get in line for game day and be a part of all that good stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So that, so that's pretty intense. I mean, being there for a whole week, like you said, kids get set up. What are because uh, I've heard a lot of like the uh, the rules, so to say, of like you have to have X amount of people there at all times, or you know, to to claim your spot. How does that work? Yeah. So uh, right now, the kids actually just signed in on our uh, student man- management page, which is called Canvas. Uh, after they sign in, that gives them like their bottom line where they get to pick their ticket. Uh, so then they'll come up to Nittanyville and we'll have a big uh, uh, screen up with um, the whole like student section and the number of seats per section that they have. And then the kids, whoever signed in first, gets the first selection and so on and so forth. Oh, wow. So you really got to be there early if you want one of those, those prime time front row seats. Uh, not really. So you, it's just how you sign in onto the page. So oh. right at eight o'clock, uh, you have to you have to sign in on a discussion board. So if you're number one per se, you get the first selection at seats. If you're number ten, you get the tenth selection at seats. And then our all of our officers are get uh, seats beforehand too. So oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. So so you are yeah. like I said, you are the president of Nittanyville. Sounds like you've got a whole lot. On your plate from organizing, setting up, making sure everything's kind of going smoothly. How long have you been involved with uh, with the program? Yeah, so I actually, I'm one of the only, I'm probably the only person that's ever going to say this. I transferred from, Al- I went to Altoona for two years. Okay. So then after that, after I got from Altoona, I came up here knowing I wanted to get involved with Nittanyville and Penn State football. Um, so I came to the meeting, I was a regular camper. Well, I was already supposed to be a junior. Um, so then after my junior year, I figured out that I'm not going to graduate on time. So I ran for uh, a public relations spot last year. And then I got that spot. Then following that, I was the only senior or I was the only junior on the board at that time, even though I was supposed to be a senior that year. Uh, so then that gave me the first right at presidency, which I got. and then. I, uh, that's where I'm at now. And I don't think anyone else can get in a spot and transferring from a, uh, 
a branch campus or somewhere and then eventually become this role as president because it takes like pretty much it takes four years to breed a, or yeah three years to breed him i only got bred in one year after being an officer that's awesome man well first and foremost congrats yeah. that's pretty cool to be Thank able to, to do that uh, and to have yeah, that kind awesome. of impact so uh okay so let's talk about the the actual the the little village known as nittanyville all the tents are set up so again, not having done it myself, I don't really know exactly what goes into it. I mean, are these tents like fully decked out? Are people bringing, you know, air mattresses, food, drinks, supplies? Like yeah. what's, what's a typical tent look like? So yeah, a typical tent, uh, it has like the bare minimums in it. We actually, most uh, most tents are upgraded from your dorms because you're not sleeping in a twin size bed. At, uh, <laughs> most, of them have, most of them have full size beds, which is a, one of the perks of sleeping out at night. Um, but some kids will, like during the whiteout week, you'll see kids come up with like games and stuff like that and hang out in there. Uh, but we have a lot of activities going on outside. We have uh, trash can football. The kids like to play. A lot of them do like two-hand touch football. Uh, football team comes up every Thursdays. Coach Franklin comes up all the time. Uh, so if you're at Nitty Village, there's plenty going on. And we work with marketing really well that we have a lot of stuff going on throughout the year that hasn't even been announced yet that you guys are going to see and you're going to be like, dude, that's awesome. Like, I can't believe you guys pulled that off. Okay. That's exciting. Can you give any sort of sneak peek, any tease without giving it away? Anything I, maybe? I cannot do that. <laughs> I had to, I had to see, put you on the spot. See, you'll see in a couple of weeks. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. We'll keep our eyes out. Uh, so you mentioned trash can football. I need you to explain this one to me because this is one that, that typically is always included in the videos when the players come because the players are, are throwing yeah. the balls with you guys. Yeah. Is it actually a game? Are there rules, or are they just like having fun throwing the ball back and forth? No, no, they're actually rules. So there's two trash cans sort of set up like uh, a beer pong game, but yep. they're just two trash cans sitting next to each other with the lids open. Uh, we normally have the trash cans about 30 or so feet away from each other, and uh, each you and your partner each have a ball, and then uh, you try to get in the trash can, and the first one to close both lids uh, wins. And if you get the three overtimes, we put a trash can on top of the trash can. So oh, damn. It it even more intense. Yeah. That, okay. That's, so this is like some serious stuff. Is there other people, like people pride themselves on their skills of trash can football? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, every year we do a trash can football tournament, uh, raising money for uplifting athletes, which is Penn State football's uh, main charity that they support throughout the year doing uh, events for rare diseases. And I know Sean Clifford's the main guy in charge of that so it's pretty cool yeah that's fantastic i've seen uh, i've seen a lot of a lot of players have been involved in that for obviously the lift for life event that they do on campus but a lot of guys have actually the last couple of years um done sort of uh pledges during the nfl draft combine so you know however many bench yeah, presses yeah, they do awesome. they'll donate so yeah that's that's really cool okay okay love it trash can football i gotta I have to get my skills up for next time I'm out there hopefully i'm getting back to a game <laughs> this year i gotta start yeah, practicing let me know, let me know if you come up we we'll, we can get you in a game. Definitely, man. I'd, I'd love that. Um, okay, cool. So you talked about trash can football. The uh, the team comes up, Coach Franklin. For you, what's been sort of like your favorite event or moment from, from your time during it? Does anything stick out? Was there any like, you know, particular interaction with a coach or a player? Anything that you can remember that you call on? I mean, probably the most, the one that sticks out the most is Mike Isicki. He came up by himself without anyone just to come up and like talk to us. He still reaches out to us on our, all of our socials, giving us support. I mean, it's like the little stuff when players just come up, not with the team and not when they're forced to. 
uh, show their support, and that really sticks out to us, and it means a lot. Yeah, that's really cool. So what was that like? So he just came up on like a random day and just hung out with you yeah, guys? He, he, yeah, he just comes out. He just comes up and's like, I love what you guys do. Like, I'm here to support you guys as well. And just came out and talked to everyone, took pictures. Uh, when he could have been at home playing video games or doing whatever he wanted to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really cool, man. And that's that's kind of, I mean, that's what you hear about like the Penn State culture, right? You always hear about players that are, it's more than a game. They're always doing something, you know, whether it be using their platform for, for philanthropy, whether they're, you know, going out of their way to help in the community or, or something like this. Mike, take it some time to come come see you guys. So that's really cool. I, I, I like hearing that. Um, something else I've always noticed. So in in Beaver Stadium, student section, those first couple of rows have the big, uh, always have the big signs for the players. Is that you guys as well? Yeah, so actually tomorrow night we're doing a banner-making contest. So that is encouraging uh the students to make banners for the players so i have three of them um my most famous one is the dominate the state banner that was at pit last year yeah I made that and brought it to the game I, yeah i made that and brought it to the game and that one all over the place with yeah. franklin jumping into it and and sean spencer posing with it so i remember that picture yeah that's incredible okay yeah very cool any uh yeah, any yeah. creative ideas coming up for this year's uh so I'm trying to make my group be Clifford's dogs and have my whole group dress up as a bunch of dogs since Clifford the Big Red Dog was a TV show. Yep. So I let's see how that goes. See, I've been trying to think about how to do that because I've seen people do like Clifford the Big Blue Dog, Clifford, you know. Yeah, so the, we, I don't know how you make it work. group already made a banner. Yeah, a group already made the banner and they painted in blue. Okay. So. All right. Yeah, I yeah. think that'll probably catch on. I mean, it's it's kind of too easy with his name being Clifford. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about the team real quick. Obviously, you know, you guys are so invested in Nittanyville. You are obviously got to be huge fans of the team and invested in the program. Um, what are your thoughts on the whole, you know, Sean Clifford being named quarterback, young offense? What uh, what are you kind of thinking about about this team for the year? Uh, I'm really excited about Clifford. I mean, the little glimpses that we saw of him last year were incredible. Uh, I know he had a couple of long touchdown passes and had one of the best QBR uh, in the country until – the Michigan game when he got put, thrown in late in the game. But I think that he can lead the team pretty well. And we have a lot of talent on defense, which is important. I think most people underestimate defense in college football nowadays. They all look at these high-profiled offenses. But I think that Penn State can hold solid on defense, and they'll obviously put up a lot of points with uh, Ricky Slade, Noah Kane, KJ, Dotson, and Shorter out there, and Fryermuth, of course, one of the best tight ends in the country. So they're going to be prolific on both sides of the ball, I think, and easily a top ten team. Yeah, I uh, I kind of think the same. Pat and I, my co-host, have kind of talked back and forth about. Yeah, we know we're young and we keep hearing that, but like, I don't think it's going to matter that much. I mean, I think I think obviously a lot rests on Clifford, and and you know we got to see him play a full game. But I, I have a ton of faith in that kid, and I think in general, I think this offense is going to click probably a little bit sooner than most people think. Um, at least that's my hope. Uh, and I agree. I think the defense is going to be great. So this week we have Idaho coming in. Um, do you guys have any interaction with like visiting fans at all uh, during the, your time at Nittanyville? Yes. Yeah, so a lot of times, like students from other schools, like last year, a bunch of Michigan State kids came up and Iowa kids. They're like, I wish we had this at our school. So it's actually pretty cool. Like when you see away team fans, and a couple of years ago, Ohio State fans came up in the droves to see it because 
What's weird about the Ohio State student section is that they're split off into two and they're not even against the railings. So they're pushed back and they're like, I wish we could do this. It's like we're not even remotely close to the field. And like it's it's one of the weirder environments in college football if you actually go to a game there because you have no clue where the student section's at. Yeah, I remember I went to one back in, geez, it was probably 2011, 2012, sometime around then. And uh, yeah, I kind of had the same thoughts of like, this is like, for all the shit they talk, this isn't that cool. <laughs> it's, no, it's not. It's, it wasn't anything special when, when I was there. Yeah. Well, I went in, was that two years ago when Saquon returned it? Yep. First yep. play of the game. Oh, yeah. That was one of the worst games I've ever been to. Such a beautiful start to that game, only to have our hearts broken at the end, man. <laughs> Yeah, fourth quarter. <laughs> that one was tough, but that's pretty cool. Uh, opposing fans coming to see it and to marvel in it. Are there other schools that you're aware of that do something similar to Nittanyville? Um, I mean, I'm sure they, there are some others that are kind of like it, but anything in, in sort of the same capacity that you guys do it? Yeah, so really the only thing that sticks out to us is Shoshevskyville uh, out in Duke. Ah, uh, okay. Um. We see Michigan State, they have to camp out for their basketball uh, season tickets. Uh, and then there's like a, a camp, Camp Tempe, I think it is, out at Arizona State mm. that will do it for a couple games, but they won't do it for all the games. So Nittanyville is the only uh, like tent city that's out for every single game. Duke is only out for like the UNC games and all that good stuff, but we're out here every game, uh, no matter the circumstances, and we're the only group to do that. That's awesome, man. I, I, I applaud all of you guys for doing that. Like I said, I couldn't even commit to doing one, probably because I was out <laughs> in the tailgate field getting drunk like an idiot. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of pick your pros and cons, right? Um, exactly. But that's super cool. So one thing I want to talk about, too, you mentioned earlier uh, the Whiteout Games being sort of a full-week event and probably, you know, a heightened spectacle uh, have you heard the rumors this year uh, of that game potentially being a noon game? Yeah, I heard that the ALCS, I guess, is starting at 6 o'clock, and Penn State doesn't have uh, anyone on TV or anyone yet. Uh, a TV network hasn't announced anything yet about the game. So. Ah, okay. That, that kind of makes sense. So, 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 if it's on, so if ABC gets it, it'll be an 8 o'clock game, no doubt. If it's on Fox, if it's all dependent, on the ALCS. Right, right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Hopefully uh, my New York Yankees will be in that ALCS, but that's for another conversation. <laughs> um, so, so for you guys, camping out all week, camping out most of the week, does it? do you have a preference on what time kickoff is? Like, do you, Would you prefer it to be early so you can kind of get in because you've been out there all week? Do you prefer like having the game day energy and having the later kick? What's, what's kind of ideal for you guys? Uh, I prefer the night games. That gives us more time to tailgate, actually. So if we, we have to be at the stadium three hours early because uh, normal students get in two hours early. So we got to be there three hours early to get all the kids in line. But, yeah, the 8 o'clock games, it gives us more time to tailgate, more stuff to do throughout the day, and uh, a better time, I guess. Yeah, Even absolutely. I love being in there every single time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's super cool. I was actually going to ask that. So, so do you guys get the, like the tailgating experience too? Like, if they're drinking in Nittanyville, I'm, I'm sure I'm not sure if I'm allowed to ask that, but I'm going to ask it. Yeah, so they'll they'll tailgate before the games and they'll come in. 
uh, some kids will come and drunk. Some obviously won't drink. But yeah, yeah, everyone uh, has their own choice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's so. cool. So, you, so you get the whole Nittanyville experience. You get to tailgate. You get the best seats. What the hell was I doing not joining this when I was in college? That's the real question. That's <laughs> um, what I'm wondering. Man, I'm I'm telling you, man, I got to get back. So right now, I'm uh, I'm actually Pat and I are both out in Los Angeles, so it's a little bit harder to get back. Um, but if we do get back this year, we will definitely be hitting you up. Um, that's awesome. So last thing I have for you, uh, and then I'll let you go. I know you got a whole lot of things to do probably tonight, getting everyone set up. So last year there was, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was the uh, the Taco Bell student section of the country, right? Wasn't that the award? Yeah, the, the Live Ma student section of the year. Live Ma student section of the year. I, I think I tweeted at right. you guys. I personally believe you were robbed. Who won? Texas A&M or some shit? Uh, Texas A&M won because their game won into six overtimes or seven overtimes. And the student states, and they said that Penn State didn't have a good showing in the pouring down rain against who knows Rutgers or Maryland <laughs> on senior day. <laughs> oh man, that is brutal. So, so what I'd like to do at this moment, I, I, I almost want to boycott Taco Bell, but I'll, I'll be very frank with you. I love Taco Bell, so that's not going <laughs> to happen. Um, but what I will do is I am going to award Nittanyville the first ever No Names All Game podcast student section of the year award congratulations i know it's a really big deal how does that feel it. thank you <laughs> feels awesome good coming good. from you guys awesome so please make sure you share that with everyone out there doing the good work making sure we look good on tv kind of keeping that reputation up i know kirk herbstreet gave us some love recently um forget taco bell you guys are killing it you guys are doing a great job so thanks so much Cameron, yeah we're coming, coming back on. for that we're coming back for that this year oh yeah is there is there a voting process or is it just they pick uh, no, so it's it's like all the uh, ESPN anchors, like they're all the games they pick, uh, which ones they think. And we lost by a point to Texas A&M, and then Clemson was second, and LSU was – or Clemson was third, and then LSU was fourth. Got it. Okay, well, when it gets closer, you let me know. We'll start like uh, – we'll start a Twitter campaign, get get the get the tweets going, Sounds make good. it go viral. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure they know who the real deal is. Sounds good. Thank you so much. All right, man. Enjoy the week out there. Be safe, and uh, let's go state. Beat Idaho. All right. Thanks, man. Have a nice night. Take care.